Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Coke, and I'm also the host for the Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week, we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favorite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at the Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Hello and welcome to the Cashflow Show version 2.0. Uh, it's great to have you back. It's great to be back. And we have a very special guest. If you decide to go through the back catalogue of the Cashflow Show, you will find a name Bella Rareworld appears in the second episode. Now, we have Bella Rareworld Bipolar on the Cashflow Show, sharing her new and improved stories. Bella, welcome back. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Welcome back. Do you know what? When you did your intro, it felt like the dark ages and you're putting wrinkles on me. 2.0. I mean, it feels like... Because I can, I can just about remember when we recorded... And that was a long time ago. I think, you know, it was quite a few years ago. It is a, quite a few years ago. A lot's happened since then and a lot's changed. Oh, a lot. Gosh. I'm going to go back a little bit because there are people who haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet. Tell them when you first started in business, what were you in terms of the Bella Rare World brand? Wow. So to create a vision... Because everybody will remember where they are, where they were. In the recession 2008, the credit crunch of the mortgages, this little girl decided it's time to start a business. <laughs> when I look back, that was 13 years ago because wow. I celebrated my 13th birthday in business. And what I remember, because my mentor also says I'm very fearless, what I remember was I had no fear. I was not afraid of the recession because I can just about remember I had my business plan, I had my branding, and I wasn't really aware that the recession, oh, I can't, oh, what if I couldn't? I just went for it. And I think it dawned on me two months in, we were in a recession. <laughs> um, I can remember that vividly. And um, what I also remember, which has stood to the, stood to the uh, time now, is the role of entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur. And I was a true entrepreneur because um, I was adaptable and flexible. And when I first started out, a lot of people do not know this, I was an image consultant. A lot of people do not know. So I tried the business as an image consultant. I got a few clients, but for those that don't know image consultancy, the fee is extremely high. Mm -hmm. A one-hour, two-hour fee literally starts at a thousand pounds. 
um, that's the beginner's rate, and you can go up to 10,000. It's, it's a very expensive consultancy role. Um, and then I realized, ooh, I might need to diversify here. And I felt this was a good starter because it got me going and learning my mistakes. And I then fell into the world of networking and built a huge international brand as the networking guru. And that literally was from a negative to a positive. Reason being, I was trying so hard in the recession, unaware that cash flow and people's expenses were so tight. People just about do Tesco shopping. So who's going to think about an image consultant? No cares how they look, you know. So on the back end of that, sales were diminishing and I had exhausted all my marketing. Because at that time, we didn't have Facebook. That time, we didn't have Instagram. The only thing we have, and I know you'll know this, this shows the rodeos, E Academy. <laughs> That's a long, long time ago. <laughs> Penny Power, E Academy. And if you remember E Academy, it was slow as hell. Do you remember? Of course. And the fonts, it would be mismatching. <laughs> But the fact is, they were the first to the market to a certain extent. For LinkedIn, Correct. you know, they don't, They would need to get a lot more props. So what had happened, the transition to networking was very entrepreneurial as well. I had exhausted all my internal marketing, whatever budget I had. I had a zero budget. I didn't even have a website. Everything was word of mouth. Using my own skills of image consultancy, looking professional. Um, then I kept hearing this thing called networking, networking. And I kid you not, for a whole month, I procrastinated because I had no clue what networking was. In those days, when you went onto Google, this would have been now 2009. If you put networking, it always put network, like computer networking, like networking... Um, a large firm, you know. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And I believe meetup.com had originated. So I would see meetup and I was a bit aware. And it's like anything. If you don't know something, you might be a bit scared or fearful of it, you know. And the only reason I went to my First networking event, we say this word in New York, being bougie, is because it was at the Oxo Tower. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's I could feel comfortable because, you know, being an image consultant, your first impressions is how you look. So I thought, okay, I don't know what this networking is, but one good thing is I'm going to look good, right? One thing is I'm going to look good. And I said to myself, and this is a goal I have been consistent with networking that has grown my business double, three times fold, is you are representing yourself the moment you go in and it's almost like your advertisement is your name. So I said, if I don't do well, I just want people to know my name and that's what helps. So I go into this networking event now, didn't have a clue, and for some reason... 
I just went with the flow, literally like Johnny just come, you know, fake it till you make it, you know. And I remember it like yesterday. Mm. There was only about eight or nine people. So, you know, I'm just trying to think this is social, Oxo Tower, it's not business, you know. And same thing I tell people today. If you're scared of networking, just go with it as a social, just take it easy, you know. Mm. Then say 45 minutes into it, and this is a true story. This chap, this chap, he tapped me on my shoulder, and Morton is his name. And he said to me, you're good at this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's what's interesting, because obviously the skill that you have as a networker really leads on to where you are at the moment. I was there for a second. Absolutely. So this chap tapped me on my shoulder and I'm still in contact with this guy. I said, you know, I'll give you shares. You need shares in my business. He tapped me on my shoulder. He said, you're good at this, aren't you? And you know, sometimes when you're watching like an Amazon film, there's like sort of slow motion or it goes. So I literally felt it was slow motion. I was thinking, who is he talking to? And there's me silly, looking to the left, looking to the right, because I was talking to somebody else. And he literally said, you're good at this. And then, you know, you have to give yourself that confidence in business. You have to sort of go with it. And then I said, oh, all right then. And I kid you not, that is literally how my networking speaker business started. From that day, then I said, well, my granddad used to say practice makes perfect. Then I would go to another networking another networking but with my tenacity i would literally go to like two networking events in the day sometimes i would change my clothes and i would just keep practicing practicing and practicing that's what i did for 13 years excellent excellent so we're going to pause it there what i want to ask you now is how have you managed to transition from your effectively your role as bella networking guru now to Bella Rare World Bipolar. That's a big leap. It really is. It really is. And it literally is a story of make lemons out of lemonade, be aware of your weaknesses and celebrate it. Okay, so what is Bella Rare World Bipolar for people that don't know? And what's your role? So Bella Rare World Bipolar is my not-for-profit organisation and it creates awareness of mental health and mental health education for businesses who are running a business and they find it stressful. And as running a business, it will have an influence on your mental health. And then if you do struggle with mental health, it will affect business sales. It could affect your motivation. You might be off sick. So the reason that I started Bella Railroad Bipolar is because I have that lived-in experience making lemons out of lemonade. I reached a point during COVID that I really wanted to be honest with my story because when I started as a networking guru, I hid a secret 
that I was diagnosed with a severe mental illness, which is bipolar disorder. Okay. And it was always in my business five-year strategy, say, that eventually I would work part-time in my networking speaking role to launch my not-for-profit. Because as the years was rolling on, I was losing my energy. I didn't have the momentum that I used to have running around as a networking guru. Um, And it actually helped during COVID because mental health became a hot topic. And I had planned um, for 2019 to really slow down my networking work, build a team who can support me on networking so I can really do maybe um, a charitable passion, a charitable passion to give back to other entrepreneurs who might have walked my shoes, who were not as brave as me to share their mental health struggles. When did you realise that you needed to share your mental health struggles with the rest of the world? Because I've known you for many years, probably since you've been in business. And when you actually ended up telling me, I was shocked because you'd never given any kind of indication of being down or being uh, uncomfortable. You were just always super bright. You you were just Bella. That That's it. And it, it was a shock to me. I have to say it was a shock to me because you'd never let that side of your life seep into your professional life or your work or whatever. You really kept that really big distance between those two sides of your life. Thank you so much. And um, those are such kind words. And to be honest with you, I have a huge network under my brand as the networking guru and nobody really knew where I've slowly started to tell people, obviously you've known a few years back because you're a gem in my network, but people are stunned, especially for the work I've done in New York International the work I've done with law firms, I had a way of coping very well because I'm aware of my symptoms, I'm aware how to manage it. But to answer your question, at what point did I realise there would need to be a transition? And that point happened, I would say, five years in, and it was actually at the point when I decided to build my business in New York. And going to New York was also a plan B to help me transition out um, of the networking. So I would have a plan B, a fallback plan. Um, That was my last venture that I wanted to achieve. And then I felt to myself, I came, I did what I could do and I achieved. So it was around that time going to New York when I really looked at myself, I said, well, you know what, Bella, do I really need to go to another networking event? I've had some great clients, Houses of Parliament. I've been a university lecturer networking. I've done, I came, and that's when I realized my energy levels were going. There was, I felt in myself, I was running out of puff. So I put a five-year plan how I could potentially work part-time 
and give back to the community who maybe were not as brave as me to share their mental health struggles. So there was a very, very strategic plan in place. Well, what we're going to try to do is, is that we like to try and add value on the cash flow show. And we're going to be starting with our new segment, which is Better Call Clayton. Now, we've talked about this um, briefly, and this is where we actually deal with the dilemma, business dilemma. I hope we don't get any emotional calls telling me I want to leave my boyfriend or something like that. Because um, uh, I don't know. Do if I know someone in my network that can help. <laughs> We sit down and we discuss a business problem that affects a particular person who's written in. So on this occasion, we've had a email in from Teffy. Teffy says this. Hi, Clayton. I've been listening to your show and I really enjoy it. Could you help me with this dilemma? I have a business that's over two years old and after COVID, I'm wondering if I should continue or should I pivot something to something else as all my efforts have got washed up during the pandemic. I hope you and your guests can help. Thanks. So that's the dilemma. Should um, Teffy, should she basically um, start a new venture in terms of her business or should she basically carry on even though she thinks that COVID has basically uh, um, uh, not done her business any good? What were your thoughts on that? I've been running her business for two years. Yeah, that's right. Right. So the first bit of advice I'd give is I'm very strategic and I'm about strengths and weaknesses. Get out a piece of paper. She first has to do a SWOT analysis, which means strengths, weaknesses, opposite strengths, weaknesses, um, opportunities, and threats, and follow the money. So, does she have the skills to scale it up? Which means I'm not sure what the product is or the services. Yes. Should, yes. Could she? mend the services could she offer a better quality service could she increase the price if it's a consultancy could she perhaps say well if you book a consultancy session i'll call you back in a 30-day follow-up to scale up and in terms of weaknesses because i'm all about weaknesses as well is to actually have a look at the business and determine what are the parts I really enjoy running? What are the parts I don't enjoy running? But equally, during COVID, consumer behaviours have changed. The way we buy something or demand something has changed, you know. Um, An example in point, PC World, they had to create an app and if you have a problem because you couldn't get down the store, they literally had video calling. It was a great way through their uh, website, a bit like Zoom. Um, you know, is there any added value she can add? How can she adapt? How is her customer's um, behavior changed? And coming back to networking, I'm all about speaking direct and f- talking, networking to your customers calling some of her old customers up and saying, you recently purchased from me. What did you enjoy, what you didn't? 
and where some of her customers may have dried up through COVID, being brave and going to those customers and saying, I, I saw your last purchase was X months ago or before COVID or during COVID. Um, is there anything I can help? Could you tell me a bit more? Excellent. I mean, that's great advice. I mean, I would add to that by saying that your advice of following the money is always going to be the best option. I think the difficulty is if if you don't follow the money, then basically you're you're not really in business per se. And the fact is, this gives you an opportunity to basically say to yourself, guess what? I've got an opportunity here either to rebuild my business or basically fashion my business in the way I wanted it to work in the first place. The fact is this, is that sometimes as business owners, we've got to be very brutal with each other and we've got to be brutal with ourselves. I've done certain things and I'm a guy that doesn't like failing, but there are certain things I've done and I'm thinking, that was rubbish, Clay. And that was nobody was ever going to buy that. Nobody was ever interested in that. But because we get ideas as entrepreneurs, that's our thing. We just get, we wake up, oh, I've got an idea. We wake up the next day, we've got an idea. We've got loads of ideas. Absolutely. That is a weakness of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And for us, the idea feels wonderful. This product <laughs> is great. Let me launch it. And you spend all that time launching it where you didn't even ask one person if it sounds a viable service or product. <laughs> and that's the problem. We don't ask that question. What we do is we make the big mistake of basically creating an environment where we think, oh God, every idea that we've got is going to be perfect. But probably one or two out of 10 ideas actually have got some kind of weight. So, I mean, we've both basically looked at that problem and really we're both coming to the same conclusion that she needs to look at her business, look at the viability of her business, understand whether it's worth pursuing, what works, what doesn't work and what is going to scale. Absolutely. Can I just um, have a little bit of a flashback with yourself, Clayton? Of course, in one moment. Go for it. Right, this would have been seven years ago, because this is something I never forgot. You attended an event. I was probably midway, midway. My brand was really booming, midway. And you came to speak in engagement and training session I had in Houston. Oh, yes. God, this is going back a bit. Oh, oh, you might remember now. <laughs> anyway, you came, you, you, you know, you really supported me. And I gave like, some, I gave an overview of do's and don'ts of networking uh, to reach your target market, not to waste time in a networking room. And then when we, we, we got to the stage of the ending of the event and there were some more canapes and drinks, and you pulled me to the side. I don't know if you remember this. And you said, Bella, you need to take those slides down and turn it into a book. You are giving away your valuable tips. This is an Amazon selling book. You can write a book. Stop giving away all of your, your tips and secrets. Give away some, but not all. Yeah. And I'll never forget that piece of advice. It hurt a little bit. I won't lie. But it was valuable, a valuable tip I'd never forget. And that's all about follow the money. Follow exactly. 
selling. Yeah, without a doubt, always follow the money. The money is why you're in business. Following the money is everything. So that's what we need to do. But let's um, press on with our next segment. How do you set up a non-profit? <laughs> I have to laugh because this has been almost like a new industry, new enterprise. I have a project manager and sometimes I say, oh, I shouldn't be Donald Trump on this side of things. How can I say there is a lot of governance. Um, you have to also, how can I put this? You have to also allow a budget to employ somebody who is in that field because you will double your time doing stuff that you don't know. So I'm still learning. Um, and what I have learned so far is it's important to have a committee team, a chair, secretary, treasury. Uh, you have to have very strict committee meetings, everything. There's more paperwork. Um, it's a case of you can go to gov.com um, and register the not-for-profit, or you can register it as a CIC, or you can go direct and take your chances as a full-on charity. So you set it up in the same ways as a business, but in a different sector and registration with gov.com, making sure you have a committee, uh, a committee or a board of committee members. Excellent. So on Thursday, the 30th of September, 2021, you are going to host your, is this going to be your first inaugural event of Bella Rare World Bipolar? It's so emotional for me. This literally is the first official launch. Excellent. I'm super happy we're able to do it in person uh, where it's COVID. And as we're entering winter, I think this may be the only in-person event for a little while. Um, so I'm super happy we're able to do this. It's the event launch to bring everybody together who supported us, uh, to let them be aware of the vision of the organisation, what we stand for, what our two primary goals are, that we're creating awareness of mental health to break stigmas, so that those in business don't feel like they're being judged. And our fundraising efforts are to help entrepreneurs, business owners, startups to be able to have access to therapists and counselling. So that's what our launch is. And I will, at the end of the event, deliver a motivational speaker engagement. And I'm super honoured that the charity... Rethink Mental Illness will be our charity speaker as well. There are lots of people that were affected by the pandemic. What do you think is your advice for somebody who is feeling that their mental health isn't the way that they feel it should be and wants to change that? My response to that is we are so individual 
And I believe each and, of, each and every one of us needs to recognise we are all different. We react to things differently. So if you are feeling emotional or anxious about COVID or you are struggling with mental health, the first thing I want people to know, it is okay. And what I would love to see eradicated is this comparison. Oh, I go to Sainsbury's, I don't wear a mask, I can wander around, it's okay. Then the other lady, she's a little bit funny, asking people, could you keep your distance? That's okay. We need to feel that we should not be compared. And I know that takes a lot of strength because the way our society is, if you're seen to do something different, you stick out like a sore thumb. And that can give you more pressure. So I think we need to believe that the way we feel, if it's different, I want people to know it's okay. Because when it's not okay and it starts to bother you, that's when it's going to influence negative mental health. So, Bella, um, we're coming to the end of our uh, chat here. You've got your Bella Rare World Bipolar event, and we wish you all the luck in the world with that. I don't think you'll need it because I know you've got everything in place. Um, I know you're very excited for that. So what's your plans for the next three, six, maybe 12 months, uh, depending on whether we've got any food on the shelf or we've got <laughs> or we've got any petrol in to go in the cars or anything else <laughs> that we need in order to survive? So I'm on a transition of giving myself a reward to work less hours and getting the real experts to do, to carry, to get, to get the experts who are more competent in the governance of running an organisation and I will stay in my lane. The number one thing for me that I'm focusing on, that I've got the skill sets for, is fundraising, 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 and also sharing with my network this new venture, and just enjoying the moment, enjoying being part of this new mission, and really living out my passion to help others, and and to really see that we can hit our number of helping other entrepreneurs and getting some really great, what I'd love to see within the next 12 months is our website has great resource um, to help others um, who need mental health support. Uh, so that would be a really great target for the ending of the year that people can have like a one touch on our website to get the resources um, that, that we need and just keep building up the team. Well, it's been fantastic having you back, Bella. And I just wish you every success with this venture. I know it will be successful. I know that there are many, many people who, and we haven't really gone into depth in terms of how um, the mental health situation affects the community, affects entrepreneurs, because obviously it does all of these things greatly. But I hope that people will be able to find you. Can you give people some details of where they can find you? Very easily. BellaRareWorldBipolar.com I do also, like yourself, have a podcast that's 
especially for mental health. Excellent. And that's under Think Tenacity. Um, if you're unsure, just go into Google, BellaRailwoodBipolar.com, you'll find me. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, very easy to find. Excellent. That's brilliant. Well, we're coming to the end of the show now. Thanks very much for being a guest. We really appreciate that. And we also want to say thank you for listening to the first episode of the Cashflow Show 2.0. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back. Um, please like, comment, subscribe. Please, can we have some reviews on Apple, on Google and whatever podcast um, uh, delivery service that you use? We'd great to have that. And thank you very much for being a part of the Cashflow Show. Thanks again, Bella. Take care. And we are out, 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 out.